You are listening to the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode 148, the solo series. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of She Runs the Show. Cassandra Von Worsley here with you. So I want to talk in today's episode about something personal to me. And for those of you who are longtime listeners, you have heard me talk about this on and off for probably, I don't know, two years, <laughs> two years at least. And, and I want to go deeper on this particular episode, which is why I'm devoting this entire episode to my own personal fitness journey. And I'm sure many of you who are listening can relate to this, this whole quest of wanting to achieve your fittest body, of wanting to be in a place where you can uh, move the way you want and go where you want and wear what you want and feel amazing doing it. You know, I tell people there are, there are three things physically that make me feel absolutely amazing when they are right and absolutely horrible when they are wrong. And those three things are in, in the order of importance for me. They are my hair. Like right now, my hair is a hot mess and I'm going to get it done this weekend and I'm going to feel like a million bucks after it's done. So number one, my hair, it's the number one thing. If my hair is a hot mess like it is right now, um, I can't even tell you how painful it is for me to go on camera and do my FB lives in my fire, you're in a critic, find you're in a badass and finally build your business private Facebook community. I do it with my hair being a hot mess. And most of the time now I'm wearing a hat when I am doing my FB lives, but it is still painful because I love my hair. So when my hair is a hot mess, I don't feel great. Uh, that's number one. Number two, when my nails are not done, like right now my nails are not done. So when I travel to go get my hair done this weekend, I'm going to get my nails done because I feel when my nails are done, I feel like uh, a million bucks when they're done. And I'm so excited to say it has taken me a year of living Wyoming to finally find somebody local who can do my nails. So now I will not have episodes or periods where my nails are not done. And that is exciting. So first thing is my hair being a mess. Second thing is my nails being a mess, uh, which they are right now because I don't have my nails. And the third thing for me is my weight. It is my weight. And I want to, I want to get personal on this episode about my own fitness journey and my weight, because I think this is something couple things when it comes to entrepreneurship. I think weight is something that especially women entrepreneurs may use as a crutch. Let me not bullshit. We do use it as a crutch, right? Um, when we don't feel physically good in our bodies, we tend to not want to do things like YouTube videos. We tend to not want to do FB lives. We tend to not want to go and speak on stages. You know, uh, I, I can't tell you, <laughs> I have two photo shoots that I've been needing to do for probably five years at this point, I would say at least five years that I have postponed for five years because my chipmunk cheeks that I've got going on at this moment, I do not want them to be on camera. I do not want to catch this version of me on camera. And so I say all of that to say that uh, our 
a lot of people may disagree with this idea that how you look physically impacts how you, how well you do in business. And while some studies say, you know, when you're thinner and you're, you're, you know, you're leaner and whatever, you do better in business. I'm not even saying that. There are plenty of people who have a lot of weight on them who do exceptionally well in business. That's not what I want to talk about today. What I want to talk about today is the fact that in my own world, in my own life, in my own business, uh, having been somebody who's been pretty darn fit, a uh, spin instructor, aerobics teacher, personal trainer years ago. So I've been fit and I know what that feels like. I can tell you for me in my personal journey that being not fit and having a lot of extra weight that I'm not comfortable with affects me in my business. I still do the FB lives. I still do the YouTube videos, but with nowhere the level of, um, fire and confidence and power that I know, even when I look at past videos, when I've been in better shape, that I know I deliver when I feel good. And I say all of that to say is one of the, the issues of self-care and business that we've got to start to make non-negotiable is what are the things that you have to do for you that if they're not done, you feel like a hot mess. And I just gave you my top three, my hair, my nails, my weight in that order, literally. Um, and so I want to talk today about what am I unlearning in fitness and what it's teaching me in business? Because I've, you know, I've spent a lot of time this last year. I think this last year I, I've packed on, I don't know, 30, 40 pounds in the last 12 months, which is a lot to add to a frame that is five foot eight. I mean, you think five eight's tall, but when you're, when you carry extra weight at five eight, you don't feel tall. Like that's one of the interesting things about being tall. I love being tall. I, you know, I just love being tall. I think being tall as a woman is powerful in and of itself. And, but when you pack on extra weight, even at 5'8", I don't feel 5'8 when I walk in the world. I feel like 5'2". And not to say anything against anybody who's 5'2". My mother's 5'2", and she's a powerhouse. But to say that at 5'8", I ought to feel the power of my 5'8"-ness, and I don't because of the extra body fat that I carry. So where where am I going with this? I've been thinking in this last year, especially with, with packing on weight and not doing the things that I know to do. Having been a personal trainer, I know about clean eating. Uh, I've set up my nutrition many times. I've got my fitness pal. I, I know how to train with weights. I know how to do hit all of that stuff. I know what to do. And for the last year, I've been having this inner dialogue with myself about why aren't you, why aren't you doing what you're supposed to do? Right? Like I keep having this conversation with, why aren't you doing what you're supposed to do? Like, you know what to do. You've done it before. You've dropped three pounds a week before. You've dropped two pounds a week before. You've gotten in phenomenal shape before. You know what to do. What the hell is going on? I've had this inner dialogue for the last 12 months. And every time I get ready to go out somewhere to do something, like speak or, or go to a conference or go to meetings. There's always this dread that I have about seeing people who saw me fit a couple years ago, seeing people who saw me fit 10, 15 years ago. And so if you can relate to the fear of 
now being in a body that you don't love, having to go out in public and market your business or market yourself or talk to people who knew you when you were super fit, you get what I'm talking about. And so I've had this inner conversation with myself about what is really going on. And I've looked at everything. I've looked at, okay, maybe it's that, you know, I have... Louise Alhay would say that we pack on weight for protection, right? We pack it on for protection. And so I've had the conversation with myself about what am I protecting myself from, you know, or, or where's my unhappiness or what's obviously if I'm packing on weight, there's something that's going on. I don't believe the myth of as you get older, your metabolism goes down. I just have seen too many women at my age and I'm 40 who look fabulous, like amazing. So I don't, I don't buy into that bullshit. And I know that the body adapts and the body changes when you change it. So I've been having this inner conversation about what the hell is going on with me? I I can't fit into my sweater dresses. That sucks. I don't wear my jeans because I'm not going to buy bigger size jeans. That sucks. I don't wear my Victoria's Secret pajamas that I love so much. That sucks. So I, I literally for the last year have been saying to myself, what is going on with me? Like, why can I not get it together? Because I'm a zero 100 person. So I am zero 100. I am either on it in terms of my fitness and like regimented drill sergeant with what I eat, with how I move, with when I move, or I'm eating Twinkies and Kit Kat bars, right? I'm zero 100. So I've been having this conversation with myself for the last year. And it was not until very recently that the light bulb started to go off about what this unlearning in fitness is that I've needed to do. And I want to share that with you today because it really relates to, to what I'm learning in my business as I grow my business, but also what you might be able to learn about yourself in both fitness and business, because maybe you are doing what I'm doing and having this conversation with yourself. Like, I know I got to get fit. I know I've got to get healthy. I have these medical things or issues. And, you know, I, I know what I need to do and I don't have enough energy and all this kind of stuff. And you're, and you're going back and forth with yourself, but you're not getting any clarity. You're not getting any resolution. So let, let me talk to you a little bit about what I'm unlearning in my fitness journey. So one of the biggest things for me that I am really unlearning in my fitness journey, every time, and there've been certain really pinnacle moments when I've gotten super fit in my life. Um, I, when I was going through secondary infertility and I had one child, but I was trying really hard to have another one. And I just got to a point of being so devastated by the infertility, especially being in my early twenties, especially, you know, I got pregnant so easily, unexpectedly with number one. I just assumed number two was going to come naturally. So I had already, I'd already built a nursery in my home. I'd already painted, I'd already done hardwood floors, Winnie the Pooh. I'm, I'd already done it because I just assumed it was going to be easy. And then it turned out to be a four year journey, which was devastating in my early twenties. And during that time, I just hit a point in that, in the middle of that four-year journey where I said, I got to stop this. Like I, I can't live my life for having another baby. What if I never have another one? And that's when I became a personal trainer. That's when I got fit, super, super fit. That's when I was working out, you know, two hours a day, six days a week, monitoring my macros like crazy. And I got into uh, what I would say today is, is probably the best shape of my life at that time. 
And then, you know, I got pregnant right after I got into the best shape of my life naturally. And that was a gift and that was a miracle, but it w- I, I was um, high risk. So the doctor told me immediately, stop working out. Uh, and then I started eating Twinkies because remember, I'm a zero 100 person. And then I packed on 70 pounds with that pregnancy. And then I had this little preemie five pound baby and I was still carrying around the bulk of that 70 pounds. And I was like, what the hell is this? And uh, and then I proceeded to lose some of the weight, not all of the weight. And then I got pregnant before long with number three easily. And then I had number three and I got into some uh, decent shape after baby number three. But then there were, you know, life happens and ups and downs and custody battles and all kinds of things. And that wasn't the focus of my life at that point in my early 30s. It was fighting a custody battle. And then, uh, you know, so since my early 30s, I've been, you know, seesawing in terms of my weight. And I finally decided a few years back that, so in my 20s, I'd always wanted to do a bodybuilding competition, always. I, my my vision and my dream is still to become an IFBB bikini pro, still. Um, I'm going to do that in my 50s. I, I have a focus on wanting to have other babies before, more babies before I get too old to do it and at 40. I put my priorities in check. So that is not the focus at the moment, but it is a goal for my 50s that I want to be IFBB bikini pro. So I knew that in my 20s, I, I, I loved watching Monica Brandt and Amanda Latona and just so many of the people that, you know, there was Corey Everson, I think she had fitness facilities and, uh, Tosha, you know, Toscarino. I mean, so many of the people that I love in fitness and especially women who are older, I knew in my 20s that that's where I was heading. And a few years ago, I decided to really actually go for that. I decided to live a fitness competition, prep life and two a day workouts and eating super clean. I mean, when I say super clean, I'm talking about no caffeine, no sugar, no dairy, no gluten, um, tracking macros. I mean, just crazy, like crazy workouts. And it was, um, strenuous and I dropped a whole bunch of weight and I felt really amazing and my hair was off the hook. Uh, and I felt amazing. And the reality of, and this is where I come to the unlearning part, the reality was that was not sustainable. That was not sustainable. And when I'm unlearning about my fitness journey, and I think the epiphany that I've had in the last couple of weeks about why this last year has been what it has been for me and what I've been learning through it is that all of this extra weight that I've packed on has been partially because I have been in sort of a protective mode in dealing with some emotional stuff and some inner life stuff that I've needed to work on. But a lot of it has been a a sort of rebelliousness from my higher self in trying to teach me what I have not been willing to learn about my fitness journey. So I'm zero 100 when it comes to my being, my very core. I'm all the way or none of the way, right? Zero 100. But there are three lessons that I've, that I've, that I'm really getting on this fitness journey for me that is teaching me how to unlearn some of the stuff that I learned as a trainer uh, during previous fitness uh, experiments that I think are going to carry me all the way to certain fitness goals that I have and certain business goals that I have. You know, one of my fitness goals is I want to be on the cover of Oxygen Magazine by the time I hit 45, 2023. 
which where I am right now is I got a long way to go. (laughs) Right? I got a long way to go. But the goal is still Oxygen Magazine by 2023 and then IFBB Bikini Pro somewhere in my 50s. So, but I'm having to unlearn some things. So let me talk to you about what I'm unlearning in this fitness journey and then what it's teaching me, which is so amazing that everything teaches, everything in your life instructs, everything. So the first thing that I'm unlearning in fitness that I've done in previous fitness really fit times that I'm not doing this time as I start this journey of getting to IFBB Bikini Pro in my fifties. Number one, I'm, (laughs) I'm super impatient. I don't know if you can relate. I'm super impatient. I want what I want when I want it by the time that I want it. And I'm learning that there is no rushing the process, which is why I've got to fall in love with it. And I've said this on episodes before, fall in love with the process of becoming great. Only in past fitness bouts, I've been so about the goal and so like head down, get it done, eat this, work out like this, move like this, do this, that all I could see was the goal. All I could see was the dropping two to three pounds a week. All I could see was when I get here. And so even in focusing in that way, I was rushing the process. Whereas this time around, I'm not looking at it like, okay, I've got to drop two to three pounds a week and it's got to look like this and it has to be like this and da 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 da. My approach this time is different for a lot of reasons. Number one, my approach is different because I've got enough body fat that's got to go first before I can even get to like the chisel fitness development competition part of my life that I've got two solid years of body fat reduction before I can even get into the place of saying, okay, now we can start doing competition stuff. So there's a part of me that now goes, my zero 100 has got to be more about getting to the end result long-term. So long game zero 100 rather than short game zero 100. And so one of the things that I'm unlearning in fitness is that, you know, focusing too much on it's got to look like this every single week. It's got to be like this. That is actually rushing the process. I used to think that that was diligence and self-discipline. What I'm learning is that that rigidness does not work in the long game. It works super well in the short game. So whether it's your fitness or your business, when you are super rigid for a short period, you can do it for a short period of time. You can be super rigid about how you send out emails and how you post and what you do. You can do that for a contained amount of time, but at some point life is going to happen, right? So one of the reasons why I've resisted really going back to that rigid eating and moving and fitness schedule is because I realized things about myself in the last year. Like I, for the rest of my life, I can't just do chicken and broccoli. So while I could do it for a year or six months and then drop a lot of weight, I can't do that for a lifetime. And if I can't do it for a lifetime, that is eventually not going to work. It won't be sustainable. So part of this journey over the last year of not handling my business when it comes to my fitness is teaching me in both fitness and business that rigidity that cannot be sustained over the long term is not something to do right now. It really has to be what you can do for a lifetime. If I can say for a lifetime, I can live without sushi, then yeah, I can be rigid in my diet now. If I can say for a lifetime, I can live without pancakes, right? 
then I can do that right now. But if I'm saying to myself, no, I have to have sushi in my life. No, I have to have a cup of coffee in my life. No, I need to have, you know, a pancake or two every Sunday in my life because I like big breakfast. Then the rigidity of sticking to something like a fitness regimen or even how you work in your business for a period of time is not sustainable long term. And so my first unlearning in fitness that I'm experiencing now is there's no rushing this process. So stop acting like, okay, I've got six months to really dive in and then I can lax up. It doesn't work that way. Everything you do today needs to be something that you're replicating in 10 years, in 15 years. You're sustaining it over a long period of time. So that's the first unlearning lesson that is both impacting my fitness and my business. Second thing I'm unlearning in my fist, my fitness is this whole zero 100 thing. You know, I mean, I spent a lot of years fighting being zero 100. My twenties was all about fighting being zero 100. And in my thirties, it was all about loving being zero 100. And now that I'm 40, I'm, I'm really saying to myself, there is a place for zero 100. And there is a different reference point for zero 100 in different places. And what does that mean? So one thing that I'm unlearning in fitness is, is this being zero 100. It's really important to be zero 100 with the fitness goal, with whatever the long-term goal is, but being zero 100 with the goal, right? Like I'm going to get there. I'm going to be IFBB bikini pro. I'm going to be on the cover of oxygen fitness magazine. Be zero 100 about that, but not about the strategies or the ways in which you do it. So I'm unlearning this idea of, okay, my diet's got to be rigid. My fitness has got to be rigid and it has to happen like this. No, because it doesn't work that way. What happens when you get the flu? What happens when you have a business trip that all of a sudden you weren't planning to do, but now you've got to do? See, if you're zero 100 in your daily strategies, the problem with that is that life is going to happen. And when life happens, especially if you're like me and you're recovering perfectionist, you get thrown off your game, you get pissed because you're like, this doesn't go according to plan. And if you have enough of those days where life derails you or you perceive that it derails you because you're not doing your zero 100 thing, then you're going to give up. And so what I'm unlearning in fitness is, is this idea of, I don't have to be zero 100 with how I do you like, for example, my eating? So I'll give you a prime example. My focus with my nutrition right now is pretty simple. There are two things that I'm zero 100 about right now. I'm zero 100 about tracking my macros. I want, I put it in my fitness pal every day. If I don't do it at night, then the next morning I wake up and I do it before I start the next day's my fitness pal calorie count. So I track my macros so I know what I'm taking in and always with the goal of getting to 40% protein. So I'm rigid about tracking my macros. And then I'm also rigid about the middle of my day. I used to be super rigid, like I got to eat chicken and broccoli all day long. I no longer say that because I can't sustain that for a lifetime. What I say now is, okay, uh, I would like most of my breakfast Monday through Friday-ish to be nine egg whites with onions and sausage or bacon. Like I'm not going to have toast most mornings. But on the weekends, if I want toast on Saturday and I want pancakes on Sunday with potatoes and my nine egg whites with my onions, I'm going to do that. And then the other thing that I'm super, you know, rigid about is the middle of the day, seven days a week. So my breakfast is pretty flex. My dinner is pretty flex. 
But those four meals in the middle, for me, non-negotiably, have got to be chicken and broccoli, fish and broccoli, steak and broccoli, steak and green beans. So, and that's really different from the way that I've done it before. When I was a personal trainer, it used to be chicken and broccoli, steak and broccoli, fish and broccoli, no sugar, no nothing, no coffee, all day long. And yes, you will drop three pounds a week doing that. When you rip sugar from your life, guess what? Your body fat is, you're going to drop weight fast because you're ripping sugar from your life. But again, what I'm unlearning is that kind of zero 100 attention to detail in the daily strategies that I'm using, that doesn't work for me. And it especially doesn't work when life starts to happen. And then before long, if life happens long enough and I'm not sticking to that zero 100 daily strategy that I set, now I'm discouraged. Now I'm feeling defeated. Now I go straight to Twinkies. See how that works? So the second lesson for me is, yeah, be zero 100 with the goal. Like oxygen magazine by 2023 at 45. And somewhere in my fifties, I have BB bikini pro be rigid and unmovable, unshakable in the goal. But zero 100 looks different when you get to the daily strategies. And that applies to business. The third and final thing I'm going to talk about in terms of what I'm unlearning in my fitness and what it's teaching me in business is this. And this is the one that I'm working on right now. This, this is the one that I'm struggling with right now, but this is the lesson that I've gotten. The more that I really sit and think, what is this last year of packing on pounds and body fat? What has this been about? Here's the lesson. There's no sustaining what you don't truly believe is who you are. We are always going to be congruent with who we believe we are with our identity. We're always going to live congruently. We will change our lives. We will alter things subconsciously, unconsciously, so that we stay consistent with who we know ourselves to be. And so my third thing that I'm learning in my fitness journey is there's no sustaining what you don't truly believe is who you are. And let me share this with you. Every time I've done a fitness journey in the past, in the heart of my heart, in the depth of my soul, while I achieved the goal that I wanted to achieve fitness wise, there was always deeply within me, a part of me that believed that I was, um, an out of shape, heavy person who just happened to get fit. Do you get that identity piece? When I became a personal trainer, I didn't see myself as this is who I am. I saw myself as I'm a personal trainer. So I've got to look this way to be a good personal trainer. But then when I wasn't a personal trainer anymore, my identity of that went away because I had never really linked my fitness with who I believed I truly was on the inside. Every time before that I've done a fitness journey, I have wanted to be fit. I have forced myself to get fit, but I've never aligned being fit with this is who Cassandra is. Like this is who she is. I've never aligned them. So the reality is, is there's no sustaining what you don't truly believe is who you are. And so one of the things that I realized about this last year is I had to get super unfit to get really clear on this is not who I am. This extra weight, this, 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 this is, I had to get super unfit to get to the place of going, this is not who I am. And then ask the question, so who am I really? Who am I really? If this is not who I am, who am I really? And so what I'm telling you now is the thing that I'm working on, which is the thing, 
Like, if I don't get this, it doesn't matter how much weight I lose. It doesn't matter how in shape I get. What I'm beginning to introduce into my life is this new belief that I'm a fit person. I'm a fit person. I'm a fit person who does not eat perfectly. I am a fit person who um, loves to work out. I do. I love to lift weights. I hate cardio, but I love to lift. I'm a fit person who loves to lift. I'm a fit person who can eat sushi every now and again and not gain a pound. I'm a fit person who hikes and climbs and, you know, I got to learn how to swim, swims and, you know, does horseback riding, got to learn how to ride a horse. I'm a fit person who lives in a place of joy and peace and love. And I'm, I'm fit because that's who I am. So I do the things that I need to do because that's my natural. That's not my I had to work and fight and get to it. That's that's who I am. And that's the belief that I'm working on right now because the reality is until I have that belief, yeah, I might lose the weight. Yeah, I might become IFBB Bikini Pro. I won't stay there. That And to me, that's been what this whole year of unlearning has been. I could not figure out for the longest time, like, why am I not doing what I need to do? Why? I know. Here's the thing. Whether it's fitness or business, you probably know what you need to do. And if you're resisting it, there's a really important reason why you're resisting it. Don't fight the process. Explore. Ask yourself questions. Go deep on things. Say, you know, what, what is it that I'm resisting? And what do I need to learn? And how can I do this differently? And I'm going to tell you with my fitness journey now, I'm doing this fitness journey for a lifetime, not for a period of time. And I'm not doing zero 100 daily strategies. I'm doing what works for the rest of my life. And I'm doing what's going to enable me to not only change my body composition, but shift my identity. And we've got to do that for fitness, but we've also got to do that in business. And far too often what people do in entrepreneurship is they work really hard for a short period of time and they do a launch and they make a whole bunch of money, but their identity hasn't shifted. They're still living in the identity of I'm this entrepreneur who can't make things happen. I'm this entrepreneur who who's feast or famine. I'm this entrepreneur who, you know, yeah, I did one launch and yeah, it made me six figures, but that was a fluke. And then you struggle again. And then you struggle again. So what am I saying at the end of the day? I am unlearning with my fitness journey that A, I'm not going to rush the process. So for example, right now, I'm not going to be hyper vigilant about taking weekly um, weekly body measurements and pictures. You know why? Because it's going to take me the next two years to drop this body fat. So I'm going to be good with like my jean size and, and seeing how my clothes fit week by week. And as long as I'm doing the things I need to do on a daily basis, I already know that I'm going to lose. Like, that's not even a question in my mind. So not rushing the process, falling in love with where I am at, you know, making sure that the other two of those three things, when I said my hair, my nails, and and my, my weight, making sure that my hair and my nails are done and I take care of myself on a regular basis. I've let my hair get out of control for way too long. So now my new standard is every two to three months, I'm going to go get my hair done because that makes me feel good. And I'm going to make that a non-negotiable. I now have somebody locally to me in my small town in Wyoming who can do my nails. I'm going to have an appointment with her every two weeks. 
So not rushing the process, enjoying the process, being 0-100 about the goal, but not about the daily strategies. And then the third thing is remembering that this whole thing is about who I know myself to be. It's about who you know yourself to be. So whatever you're building in business, whatever you're building in fitness, if your identity doesn't line up, then you need to do the identity work first, which is why I created the Inner Badass Intensive, which is why I want you in the Inner Badass Intensive. Because if you know that as hard as you work in your business, your identity is still in a place that is below where you want to go in business. You need to do the identity piece first. First. So apply to be in the Inner Badass Intensive. You can find out more at CassandraVaughn.com forward slash apply. Apply. Uh, not everybody's going to get in. Just saying. <laughs> but if you're, if this is for you, you will get in. If this is for you, you will get in. You will do the inner badass intensive. You will shift your identity. That's my commitment to you. It doesn't take five years of therapy to shift your identity. We're going to do it in eight weeks, eight weeks, and your identity will shift and then your business will shift with it. So I hope this helped you. I don't always do personal, uh, she runs the show episodes. But I wanted to talk about this because I know there are a lot of women entrepreneurs out there who struggle with their weight, like I do, um, who struggle with their business, who feel like they can't go on FB lives and they can't do YouTube videos and they don't want to get their business headshots done, which I, I've made a commitment to myself. I'm getting my business headshots done in October because I need them and I cannot wait any longer, which is also pushing me to work out even harder because I do not want chipmunk cheeks on camera in October. Um, but if you struggle with it, just know you're not alone. And, and I would also say, and this is a final point, make yourself get on camera. I have to tell you, every time I go on camera right now with the weight that I have on me, I am forcing myself to do it. So just know you will, you might go to, you know, youtube.com forward slash Cassandra Vaughn TV. I'm glad I remembered my own YouTube URL. Uh, you might subscribe to my channel on YouTube and you see me on camera and you might go, wow. I mean, she doesn't have any issues with confidence. She's smiling. She's on camera. Yeah. But I had to force myself to get on camera. I'm not happy with the way my, my body looks, my face looks. I mean, I've got chubby cheeks going on, right? And nobody else may see that when they watch my videos and nobody else may pick that up. But I'm telling you this because I want you to understand that you're not alone. And I also want you to understand that you cannot use it as a crutch or an excuse either. At the end of the day, there are plenty of people with chubby cheeks and chubby tummies, uh, and, ch and, and chubby bunnies. I call, I call this my fitness journey a chubby bunny revolution. Um, who are, are killing it in business. They are crushing it. They are making money left and right. We cannot use weight as an excuse. Yes, we don't feel as great as we could. Yes, we don't feel on fire or as on fire as we could, but do not allow your weight to be a crutch for why you are not moving in your business. It cannot be a crutch. I make myself do it. It is not comfortable to do it. I still do it. So do not miss your opportunity to serve your tribe. Do not miss your opportunity to impact the world simply because you don't like how your body looks right now. Your body can change because you can change it. But you don't want to miss a moment to help somebody transform. And you got to get out of your own way and focus on who you're serving and put yourself out there. Whether you're in the mood to do it or not, whether you feel good on camera or not, I don't feel right now in this stage of the game, 
I do not feel good on camera ever. And I still make myself do it. So do what you need to do to serve your tribe. All right, everybody, I will catch you on the next episode of She Runs the Show. And please subscribe to YouTube. I put a lot of great YouTube content out there that is inspirational and also gives you strategies. And so go to youtube.com forward slash Cassandra Vaughn TV and subscribe today. I will see you guys on the next episode of She Runs the Show. Show.